This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the besotted Pride of West London weekend review podcast. And this is brought to you by Anything Is Possible. A set of Bees fans, possibly the best creative agency on the South Coast, they say anyway. And they say that, well, they say anything's possible. Anything wasn't quite possible at the weekend, though, because we didn't quite get three points. And we're coming to you after a very long weekend, a little bit later than it normally should be, because literally I have stepped off the train from Newcastle. It's Monday evening. Just stepped off the train from a very good weekend in Newcastle, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And it was a, a very good weekend in many ways. Wasn't a 100% brilliant weekend because we didn't quite get the three points, but we did see a lot of goals and had a lot of fun and saw a lot of action. My name's Billy Grant and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint in the charms. I've got Laney and I've got Ali Malali in the house. And this is the Weekend Review podcast where we, we talk about the game at the weekend. We talk about it in bite-sized pieces. We take out a lot of different points, talk about them, we discuss them and then if there's anything else we want to pull out a little bit further, we talk about it later in the week on the Thursday podcast. So listen, Laney, how are you? I'm exhausted, Bill. Um, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, it was a really, really early start on Saturday morning and uh, a late night on Saturday night and another early start to come back yesterday. So I got back and uh, yeah, I'm just knackered. There must be loads of knackered Brentford fans around at the moment. So um, actually, if you went up there, Pat yourselves on the back. I thought the support was brilliant. So, yeah, exhausted and expensive and brilliant. So, yeah, football away days. The I best. missed them. That was great. It was that a was, cracker. That was a proper, was a proper, proper away day. Ellie, how are you? Uh, I'm pretty exhausted as well, actually, because I, um, I had to do the trip for various reasons there and back in one one day, um, having been out on the last my husband's 50th birthday on the Friday night so I was hung over before I even got on the train and then I had to come back so I had to be here for some, first thing Sunday morning so I had to come back on the Saturday night on the train so it was a it was a lot of traveling in one day and uh, yeah I still haven't quite got over it either so I'm, I'm I wear ladies at, but not for quite the same reasons. <laughs> but it was worth yeah. it. It was worth yeah. it. Yeah, for me, I went up on the Friday night as well. I'll talk about that but a little bit later, maybe I'm a little stinker. But I actually came back this evening, so I'm actually feeling very relaxed, actually, because I had a great weekend up in Toon. I've seen lots of castles. I've seen lots of coastal. I've seen town. I've seen shops. I've seen this. I've been to the cinema. I've done everything. I've been to the brewery. So it's been all good. But listen... We'll talk about all that about later. We've got to come back and talk about the match. So, listen, the main takeaways from that match, Laney, tell me your main takeaways. Main takeaway was really, uh, it was great to see us scoring goals again. Uh, we've, we've, we've struggled um, to hit the back of the net and, and it's cost us, you know, and it was, it was good, to, good to see us creating good chances and it being rewarded with, with goals. Um, I think it was a it was a, 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 a game we could have won, a game we, we could have lost. I think you know, I think it was we we'll talk about the fairness of it in a, in a little bit as well. Yeah. So my main takeaway was, uh, although I still think we should have could have should have won, uh, it was great to just get points back on back on on the table again. So yeah, it looks like we kick started again. 
Yeah, and just talking about the goals, I mean, the interesting thing is, you know, we've talked about this before, is about uh, putting the ball in the back of the net, which is the fear that I've had for for weeks, you know, creating chances and not putting them in the back of the net. But we almost did the opposite this time, where, you know, if you believe in the XG, 1.19 was our XG, but we actually scored three goals. So we were very clinical in this match. Could have scored a fourth one if the if the goal wasn't disallowed, actually. It was the Ivan Tony goal, was it? Which is down that end, which is disallowed, which is a bit disappointing. So very, very clinical, which is a good sign. Three goals away from home as well. Ali, your main takeaways? Uh, well, my main takeaway is we are we were great going forward, but we seem to have forgotten how to defend. Um, I think our, our defending at times is, well, you can only really call it shambolic at times. It was uh, We've gone from being pretty solid to... to not really being able to defend anything much um and partly a large part of it of course is due to all the injuries but it, it was quite alarming i think you felt every time they sam maximum had the ball or whatever they came forward that you felt there was a, a good chance that we were going to concede and it's something's not clicking and the, the defense just seems to be sitting much deeper than they were before and i, I do find it worrying with it you know themes of the likes of Manchester City coming up fairly soon and I think I think we fingers crossed we can at least get Aya back soon because I think uh, he's been a big loss as well as Raya yeah again you've got you know I think a lot of Bees fans that are listening will have the same or similar takeaways I mean talking about Aya Aya you know the main takeaways you know the defence you've mentioned it is we were in the pub before and we said to the Newcastle fans, we said, look, our defence was the best, you know, second, third best in the division, you know, probably six weeks ago. And now it's probably like the third worst in the division, you know, and that is just a fact. When something we need to get around and we're not knocking it because we know that that can turn around again. But you obviously we talked about Raya and not to talk about again what a big loss he is for not having him in the side. But also Aya didn't realise he was the second fastest um, player mm. in the in the Premier League, apparently. So they, they, they clocked him at, what, 36 miles an hour or something like like that doing a run like who was saying which is something i'm thinking oh my god we got road runner in our side but you realize that when you miss a player like that it is bad news also when you saw some of them crosses come across like you know you know i think it's the second goal that they scored you know and you sort of sort of the header being missed and you sort of think oh god you know you know technically that is quite a standard you know clearance from you know some of our probably more senior players and you miss out on that you, you know the ball drops to one of their players bang he puts it in the back of the net you know you try and blame the goalkeeper at the end of the day you know what's the goalkeeper going to going to do with that so I think my main takeaways from that is yes going on about it before we are depleted we are a side who are um, it's almost like there is a fine margin thing because the defence probably isn't as strong as it could be but it's one of those things I believe it's almost like could be changed in a minute you get one or two players come back in and we will be a completely different side so in a strange way I'm kind of still confident and I think <laughs> obviously the coaching staff know that and it's almost like they've got their finger in the dam at the moment trying to get us through this tricky period because they know when the players come back uh, it'll be uh, it'll be it'll be positive like, you know any, anyone else thoughts on that or you know any other takeaways you've got from the game I think I think we can um I think Rose left to be and it's not not this is not his fault it's not a center half you know I think uh, he was horribly exposed trying to play in a, in a back three out of position and uh, yeah I, we just have to cross our fingers that Zanka is back next week I think um, because that, that just did it but, well for me maybe other people saw it differently but that just did it quite work there was headers that he just wasn't he basically wasn't tall enough to get to yeah it, he's just not a centre half yeah yeah, and then again that's the other thing you know not making excuses, but you know we've seen our centre halves dropping like flies, and I think I think there was a moment as well when and with Pontus went down as well, and we thought, mm-hmm. oh no, Pontus is going to go off as well, but luckily he came back again. So I think it goes to show you that how important it is, and how you know, I mean, you know, people get nervous about Charlie Good coming on, you know, because they're not they're not quite sure whether or not he's up to it, and and there was also a thought that you know because Charlie Good didn't start today, but Roslev started today. I mean, what did you make of that, Laney? Well, I say today at the weekend. I thought Rosleff looked okay when the ball was out. So he looked okay when he was in the wider positions. And I thought a couple of times with up against Sam Maximan, he was okay. I think we struggled kind of in, when the ball was inside the area. And it, we did look a bit panicky inside our own six-yard box. Whether that's the goalkeeper not commanding, um, whether that's just purely a, a lot of misfortune. I think their second goal, it was a bit of a lucky... It was a bit of a lucky sort of ricochet, and it and it fell for Joe Linton, who, who well, he was Joe Linton, when he got that yeah. one, and yeah, um, and the header 
for the first goal was disappointing. We we looked we we looked very shaky inside our own six yard area. So did they, but we were only talking mm. about us at the moment. Um, I thought um, Rosliff looked okay, jet more generally. But yeah, I, I think it, we were yeah we were kind of yeah just like startled rabbits in, in on our own line to be honest. I've got, I've got to ask a question as well, just quickly. I'm going to move on in a second. But do you think, because this is the one thing I thought, we, we let in a goal this time, you know, against Burnley, it was what, within three minutes, then against Norwich, it was six minutes. But we did quite well because it was like 10 minutes in this game. But mm. we just seemed to be really slow out of the traps. Again, we really seem to be slow and kind of, you know, and ponderous and kind of make a decision. We sort of wake up a lot later on in the game. Do you, do you think that? Didn't well, yeah. I mean, you're right. The sequence in the in the, in the last few games has, has shown that. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't, you're right. Yeah, we, we do. I don't know. I'm not sure why um, we we set up to attack. Um, we just give the initiative to the opposition for some strange reason. I, I don't know what it is. Didn't we go through a few games like that? A period of a few games like that last season? Or did I imagine? I'm sure we did that last season. We went through a few games and we kept conceding the first goal. Possibly, possibly again. I'm, I'm, last season, I, I'm, I'm just sort of kind of. I, I've got it in a can, and it's Wembley and the Bournemouth game, as far as I'm concerned, is last season. <laughs> Everything else didn't exist, as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, but anyway, you're talking about opposition. Talking about opposition, we're going to go over to the opposition. We've got Mark Corby from the True Faith podcast, and he's going to talk to us about his opposition view and his opposition takeaways from that match. Hi, it's Mark Corby from the True Faith podcast with a bit of a reflection on the game between Newcastle United and Brentford, which finished 3-3 over the weekend. I thought the atmosphere was incredible from the off. Um, you know, the pubs around St James's Park were very vibrant going into the game. Uh, the flags did another super job in welcoming Eddie Howe and um, they set the scene perfectly from kickoff. Um, I thought it gave the Newcastle team a boost. Yet again, and uh, we seem to take the game to Brentford, but it was it could have went either way over the whole ninety minutes. Um, I thought both defender defences were pretty poor, um, but both attacks were superb. So as a, as a neutral, it would have been a great game of football to watch. Uh, but as a Newcastle supporter, I've got to say that as a missed missed opportunity. Um, I thought Brentford, you know, travelled in numbers, made themselves heard. Um, it's always a little bit difficult when you sit in the back of the Gallagher where I am um, to hear the, the UEA support, but you could you could certainly hear them yesterday. Um, and as I say, I, I thought um, the Newcastle supporters were you know constant in that support, and every time we went to go behind, um, the, the support was there. Um, I think it's it's put us in a good a good mental position moving forward, because if that's the way we've got to support the team and not just turn up and expect to pick up victories. Um, and that's the way we've got to do. We've got to play our part in the future, and the, the, the immediate future is stopping up. Um, the match, as I said earlier, I thought it was a, a great game of football end to end. Um, I don't think any team could have been disappointed to uh, come off, you know, as, as a draw. Um, both teams could have won, but I think um, a three-three draw was certainly uh, a fair result, and I would definitely mark that as one of the, the season's highlights. Eight, possibly nine out of ten for entertainment. And also in regards to fairness, yeah, I, th- I think it was fair, super fair. And um, I think it was a, just a delight to watch Newcastle go out of football side for a change. And that with the likes of Tony for Brentford, we, we struggled. But it was a, a great game of football. And um, hopefully um, Newcastle can build on that because uh, we've got home games against Burnley and Norwich who are in the bottom three with us coming up and we've got to be looking to turn into these draws into victories so there you go mark corby from the true faith newcastle podcast and i would like to say thank you to true faith because i know their little posse got together and they uh they gave us a few suggestions to to drink and uh, listen i mean i went to quite a few of them myself beforehand but we went to the fourth before and after the pub and uh i thought it was tremendous we had a really great little setup there we had loads of bees there as well meeting all over the place upstairs downstairs on the terrace you know we had our little bees corner as well um phil giles's brother as well michael he came down as well and had a few quite a few drinks of us before and after the game so yeah it was, it was tremendous so thank you very much true faith for giving us a good place to drink before the match 
match. But uh, then, of course, they've given us a, a takeaway. I think the Newcastle fans are probably a little bit gutted they didn't get the three points, but, you know, that's the way it goes. But anyway, listen, moving on, the Brentford eye-catcher, Laney. Well, I'll be surprised if we don't all pick the same person again. <laughs> um, I'm. Thank you for asking first. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go Ivan Tony. Um Damn it. I've, I, oh, sorry. <laughs> what were you going to say him? Um, yeah, well, what a performance. Uh, yeah, he was, he, he was just everything we wanted him to be, everything we hoped he would be. Uh, he scored one goal, um, could, have had, could have had a second. Well, he was a smidgen offside. Um, and uh, saved a goal off the goal line. Um, uh, it was, it was as, as, as an all-rounder performance as you're going to get from Ivan. Um, and, he, and he kissed a badge, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, <laughs> I don't know. We don't, we don't, we hate, we hate badge kisses when it's, when it's against us. But I don't know, does he get extra, extra points for, for being a badge yes. kisser? I don't know. Yes. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm not going to be a killjoy. Yeah, I don't, I, love I don't I, I think, he, I don't think he would have kissed the badge if we were away at Norwich. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I'd rather him, I, well, I'd, dra- I'd rather he kissed his badge and did the Bloomin' Zulu sign again. So that's that's fine. So, um, yeah, uh, Ivan Tony, here you go. And out of 10, I'd have to give him eight and a half. Eight and a half out of 10. Okay, lady, and, and tell you something while we're at it, because people keep pulling me up on not giving the scores. Give me the score for the game, Laney. Overall. Oh, nine. I mean, nine. It, was a, it was a brilliant game. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, mm. you say as a neutral and... Mm. I don't think there were many neutrals in at that game, but it was it was a cracker. Yeah, thrill draws are, 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 are pretty impressive. We've had two this year already, so uh, yeah, we've been spoiled. Okay, Ellie, um, for the game. Uh, for the game, nine. Yeah. I go nine as well. Yeah, nine, so it was a great game. Right. Yeah, I'm, great I'm, game. I'm actually going to give it nine, nine and a half out of ten as well because I, I really enjoyed it, even though we should have got a win. But anyway, mm-hmm. or maybe we shouldn't have got a win. Actually, we we'll talk about that a little bit later. But Ali, just come back to your Brentford eye catcher. Well, seeing as Laney's already nicked Tony, um, I'm going to go for Rico, actually, um, uh, because uh, he scored for the second game in a row. I mean, the way he arrives at such speed at the, the, the back post is fantastic. And he, he got his goal again, smallest man on the pitch, scores with a header. Um, and he, he's, he just covers so much ground, especially in the absence of Ayer, um, to, to track back. You know, just when you think you might not get there, Rico appears. And I, I thought it was great. I mean, very, very rarely disappoints. And... Um, it's great to see him, like I said, coming in at that back post and, and putting some goals away. So I'm going to go for Rico. Um, give us a score out of 10 for Rico? Uh, eight. Eight out of 10. And for me, Ivan Tony is 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 the man. I mean, I'm looking, if you want to do, you know, Canos, um, Rico is, is another person I thought. And also Canos, it's a bit funny one with Canos because Canos defensively, I mean, he was under pressure at times. So you sort of put the question mark there. But when he goes forward, he causes so many problems. And you sort of think, look, you know, where else can he be on the pitch? Where else could he be on the pitch? Because say, for example, if he brought a right back in January, what are we going to do with Canos? Because we wouldn't, we want to have Canos there because he does scare the bejesus out of people. And he knows about our team. And that cross that he put in for Henry was, was fabulous. Yeah, like, you know, It was. So, you know, I want to give him props as it is. But Ivan Tony was the man. He caused them problems, problems, problems. He was all over the parks, you know, saving that ball, putting the ball in the back of the net. Should have scored another goal. You know, the Newcastle fans after this just say, she said, that Tony is some player. And then they made excuses for him as to why they didn't take him on, which again, you know, all about the timing thing. Which which we do understand. But yes, Ivan Tony, uh, fabulous performance by him. And I'm going to give him, I'm actually going to give him nine out of 10 for his performance. You know, it would have been likely if he scored a second goal and we've got even more, but I think that's all good. Opposition danger person. I'm going to come to you, Ali. What are you saying? Oh, I'm allowed to go first this time because I suspect everybody's going to say the same. Um, Sam Maximum. Uh, every time he got the ball, it was sort of like, oh my God. <laughs> um, he is, he is, he is some, he is some player. And, uh, if anybody in that Newcastle team deserved the goal, it was probably him. I thought he was fantastic. He exploited the space very well. We we sort of tried doubling up on him with Rezlev and Canos, and you know he just it didn't phase him at all. I thought he was he was fantastic. I'd love to have a player like him in our team, and we have many players like him in our team. But uh, yeah, I thought it was great. And what's that, Tim? Oh, nine. Oh, okay, uh, Laney. Yeah, Sam Maximan. Um, we 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 knew it before, you know. We 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 know that Newcastle really only have got a couple of players of 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 you know of top Premiership quality, and he and he's certainly one of them. 
Uh, and we, we, it was always going to be a case that we had our, had our work cut out to, to keep him quiet. We didn't keep him quiet. We didn't keep him out either. Um, whether he's as good as Ivan Tony on the day, it was a great head to head, you know, um, thought they were both as, as dangerous as each other, if I'm honest with you. So, uh, yeah, um, but Sam Maximan and I, I'll give him, I'll give him an eight and a half out of 10 as well. Okay. And I'm going to, I mean, listen, saying that Maximum, we were talking about him lots as well as we were standing in the Alps in, in Newcastle because literally it was the Alps climbing up the steps and then more steps and even more steps going to the back, uh, climbing up the Alps. I actually don't mind being at the back there because you can get a really good view of the game. You can see what's going on. You can see the formations of people twisted, um, you know, the positionings and where they should and shouldn't be. So for me, I'm not too, not too bad with that. But um, you for me, you can see a bloody house up there as well. Yeah, you know, we can see back, <laughs> you can see back to London. That's right, you know. But uh, I'd say actually, I thought Joe. Linton had a good game and and I'm also saying this because we kind of like made fun of him a little bit when we played against him in the cup last year I think it was and you know him as well as half the team they just went missing like you know but I thought he had a, he had a really good game Joe, uh, Shelby also had a good game as well yeah. where you know he was there directing the play you know he's controlling the play kind of a little bit like when he controlled the play back in like I said in 2017 or when it was 2018 when we played them back then when he was the main man and he was pinging passes across and he was controlling the midfield um, to a certain extent but I, I'd say uh, Joe Linton I thought he had a really good game and it's annoying when he scored that goal as well and I'm going to give him an extra point for actually not scoring that goal at the end when he probably should have scored and I think he fell over, didn't he? Like, you know, yeah. so I'm going to give Joe Linton, I'm going to give him a, I'm going to give him an 8.5 out of 10. Well, I might give him a 9 out of 10 for actually missing that goal at the end too, as well. So listen, I'm going to go to Laney for your stinker of the match or stinker of the day or stinker of the weekend. Right, I'm going to be a little bit, I can't think of anything that's really bad apart from the architects that put people up in in that corner uh, to expect fans to climb 140 stairs i'm all right that's fine <laughs> you know I I, I I i coped with that all right but there's 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 a lot of older brentford fans that would have really struggled i know there's a lift there but you wouldn't want to be waiting for it i think it's a, a design flaw I think, uh, you know, no, um, you know, uh, elevating, um, the, the, you know, the, 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 the staircases, the automatic stairs, there could have been some kind of assistance there. It is, it is quite a, an excessive, extraneous uh, kind of excess to get, get up there. Um, and I just think it's, it's yeah, it's just it's, it's crazy high. Um, it's impressive. It was an ama- it's an amazing stadium, but to stick with the away fans right up there, I think it's a bit of a stinker. I'm going to, I'm going to, and I'm going to say it as well, because obviously I've got Newcastle chums and we've talked about this for years. They've actually been lobbying to try and get away fans lower down because they think it's unfair putting the away fans up there, which is something similar to what we did when we were trying to lobby for the away fans to have beer in the away end. And in the end, eventually, like I said to you, they started at Norwich again and eventually they did it. And I think the Newcastle fans have been lobbying to try and get the away fans down the bottom because they said it's just unfair having them all the way up there. But uh, I suppose with their own head at the time of their relationship, it probably hasn't happened. So, uh, you know, maybe when, if we go there next season, fingers crossed, um, you know, maybe we might be a little bit lower down. But give us a stinker score out of 10, Laney. Um, six. I mean, it's a great view once you get there. But, you know, some some sort of... Uh some sort of electric staircase would have been would have been it would have, would have helped the pain i think um and not great after five pints as well <laughs> coming 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 down those steps not being funny right from the top from the back coming down the steps to get to come out or get to the bar or get to the toilets Jesus, it was like life in your own hands. If you tripped, then that was it was unforgiving you would have you would have gone from the top to the bottom without any shadow of a doubt uh okay and uh Ali, your stinker? Oh, well, I'm just going to... My stinker would be uh, when we got to the fourth at uh, 10 to 2 and they wouldn't let us in, despite the fact we said, Javier said to us, well, we've got a table. Tell us we've got space and you're on the table. They still wouldn't let us in. Oh, that's the pub. I didn't didn't even know that. So so the pub was so busy that they wouldn't let you in. They weren't letting anybody in. And we said, it's all right. We've got friends in there. They've got a space for us. They said, we're not letting anybody else in for the next hour. And that was it. So we just had to go straight to the ground, which was very sad, really. I never, never realised yeah. that. All right, that's a shame actually, because it was mm. it was buzzing in there. But um, I don't want to make you feel worse about it. But you know, yeah, it's, thanks for that, yeah. Bill. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> give us a stinker for the for the fourth. Then, uh, oh, it's not that bad, really. I mean, they were busy. Six. 
Six out of ten. Yeah. And for me, I was going to give my stinker actually to Darlow, which is the uh, the Newcastle keeper. Who, to be fair, he should have saved uh, the shot from um, um, Ivan Tony. This is the first match, and also just during the game, he, was, he wasn't great. And the Newcastle fans don't trust him at all. Uh, however, saying that, is that a stinker? Is actually quite a good thing. But I, I have to just going back to it because you were trying to pull it out from me. I tried to forget my experience going up on the train, and unfortunately, I booked it with Train Split, which is one of those companies which, if you various rail splitting apps and companies that you can use i've used train split twice once for burnley once for here it's gone quite horribly wrong both times um and this time it went very horribly wrong and i've spoken to them loads in the last week and their customer service is horrendous it's one of those ones where you call them up but they can't answer anything they tell you to email in and if you're lucky you might get an email back five days later and uh, all sorts of stuff going on but anyway by the time i got on the train you know with my wife and my two kids and they cancelled my ticket but i didn't know about it and then there's the conductor says I've cancelled your ticket so I had to buy a whole new ticket again which cost me hundreds of pounds on top of just on the train and we didn't, we didn't have any seats going on the way up and you can't get all the train split or you can't do anything And but if it's northwestern then it'll be fine or northeastern so after that I was I was absolutely fuming but I decided when I got up to Newcastle I was going to forget all about train split and the problems and I'll put it all behind me so I've forgotten about them until now when Laney just reminded me but they were an absolute stinker of the weekend and I'll say to people they're one of those companies if it goes right it's great but if you've got any problems they're not the best company to help you and it's better for you to look elsewhere so for me I'm giving them actually a 10 on the stinker front because it really <laughs> did mash up my, my my the Friday night until we got there and then after that we went to Pizza Punks had a lovely pizza and had a bit of a laugh and just it was all being brilliant after that we'll talk about that a little bit later but anyway we got we got to crack on because we've got much more to talk about here the key moment I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to Ali and I'm gonna ask for her key moment of the day uh the key moment was when Joe Linton slipped in the penalty area just as we were about to pull the trigger because it was just like, oh my god he's gonna score we're gonna lose four three and then he fell over and it, that for me was a key moment because I think if he'd scored then I think that was a day, game done um, yeah so that was a key moment for me yeah and Lainey uh, I'd go for um, Tony scoring immediately or almost immediately after them scoring I think that showed that you know you're right it went under Darlow he probably could have scored it but I'll, I'll give the I'll give the credit to Tony for, for taking the shot um, and and the build up play to that it was it was a great build up I think it was Canos that chipped it over to him um, I yeah it, it it gave us confidence we, we we knew that we could score again and it made it look like we might get a little bit of luck in front of goal and we and we did you know the third goal took a a big deflection as well so um you know for for as, for as brilliant as the, the the crossover to uh rico and the and the, and the, the header to, to put us two one up i think it was just the fact that the ball went in the back of the net we knew we could score goals and it gave us that belief to go on and score more yeah and 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 for me i mean i did have the joe linton miss at the end as well which i think is it's probably sort of quite obvious and obviously it's a it's going to be a key moment but for me actually i think you've got to look a little bit further back into the game and the ivan tony save off the line that for me was absolutely key because we're at the stage sometimes beforehand we thought tell you something we got the best like one of the best defenses in the division so we weren't worried when people are attacking us because we were we were snuffing it up we were taking the ball we were playing the ball out from the back and i'll talk about this as well a little bit later because our playing up the ball out from the back is not the same as it was weeks ago as well because you can see the the confidence has sapped out of the defense the goalkeeper he, he gets pressured and then he punts the ball long and it, it doesn't quite go where it's meant to you know you can see all that with the players and the confidence but just coming back to that you know, you could see um, the difference with us, but I think with Tony, and so what's happened is that every time the ball seems to come to us, there's a bit of a nervousness when we keep, oh my God, it'll come to the opposition, they're going to score. And, and if, if they had come down and attacked and then scored again, I think our heads could have gone down. So the fact that Tony saved it off the line, also it's Ivan Tony, you know, our striker was on the line saving the ball. For me, that was a massive key moment. So uh, yeah, and I think it turned the game and gave us a little bit of a booster, but, you know, but anyway, I'm going to talk to you, Lainey, about the positives and the negatives of that game. Tell me. I'll go, the, well, the positives, we, I've, I've kind of I've said already, I'll say it again, you know, the positives are that we're scoring goals again and we got a point on the, on the, on the board, which, you know, after, after losing four on the spin, it, we had to stop the rot. So stopping the rot is the positive. Um, the negative is 
I feel horrible saying this. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Fernandez and goal. I, uh, he just doesn't look like he's got a clean sheet in him, and I, I just don't know. I hope it changes soon. You know, his, his, his distribution's getting a bit better, um, and I think yeah, he's just like he doesn't control. He doesn't control his box. I don't think, um, and you you could pick his you could pick his his game apart. If you were in a hypercritical mode, and I'm trying not to go too hard on him, he's he's conceded a shed load of goals uh, already for Brentford, and it's not always fault because we have we have got a weakened defence in front of him, so he's he's kind of on a bit of a sticky wicket. But the negative is that we've got an incredible, incredible amount of games and some tough games in December. And unless he improves, we, we're going to have to score a lot of goals, not to lose a lot. Ali? Uh, positives. Um, yeah, agree with Eleni. Absolutely. Um, really important we didn't lose that game, and we didn't. To stop the rock. Tony's scoring for the first time since, I think, 25th of September, the Wolves game. Um, so that's great. Hopefully that will that will help him kick on and score a few more Um Mm, and yeah, just scoring scoring goals. We looked really good going forward. I thought Canos was a, going forward was looked great, and uh, the two assists that he got were a definite positive for me. And negatives? Uh, negatives. Uh, I, I, like like several people, I've I've sort of like been um, banging a drum for Godos to get a start um, after the last couple of substitute appearances had in the last couple of games because he's been brilliant when he's come on, but. Uh, and again, like Laney, I don't like to call one player out or anything, but I thought he was god awful on Saturday. He got his start, and he just—I don't know—everything he seemed to touch just turned to, you know, the proverbial shit. So uh, yeah, uh, that was really, just really disappointing. And it uh, coming back to Fernandez as well. It does seem like every time there's a shot on target, it goes in the net at the moment. And I just think he does need to get a few. If he could just get a couple of big saves, I think you get a lot of confidence out of it. Mm. I, I, and, and just come, I mean, coming at the Fernandez thing, I mean, I know there's a thing between the goalkeeper and his defence as well, you know, but, you know, I'm just asking the question, is, is, is uh, are we sort of pointing a finger too much at Fernandez, you know, uh, as opposed to what's happening around him in the defence? Because at the end of the day, you know, I'm not being funny. I know he's, I mean, the third goal, I think he could have saved or you could have said Rayo could have saved. But do you think he's also suffering from the fact that, you know, the, I call it the Andy Sinton syndrome. You know what I'm saying? You know, Andy Sinton leaves and then Eddie May joins Brentford and everyone expects Eddie May to be Andy Sinton. And he's like, he was probably quite a decent player, but because he wasn't Andy Sinton, he got absolute dogs abuse by like, you know, all the Brentford fans and he had to leave in the end. And I think, you know, is it Fernandez? Is the fact that, you know, he isn't Raya and people are just expecting him to be like that. But at the end of the day, if the defence line will leave somebody to smack the ball, you know, in the back of the net, you know, from 16, 14 yards, what else is he meant to do? No, I, 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 you know, I did say, you know, he, he had a weakened defence in front of him. Um, but I, I just think he's, he's not getting the basics right. You know, he, he isn't control. He's, he's not, it's not even his distribution. I, I said that, I, I said that's improving. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's the control of his area, you know, the the header for the first goal. That, that maybe that's not his fault, but... It, you know, a big goalkeeper comes storming out there and, and gathers that. Yeah, I, I'm not going too hard on him, but I just think he's, I, I'm not knocking him just because he's not Raya. Ali? I think there's there's a definite issue for me with communication between him and the defence. Um, there just seems to be confusion a lot of the time in the box. Uh, I think Tony's clearance off the line came from Pontus practically taking Fernandes out when, he, when they both went for the ball. Uh, I think to be fair to Fernandes, I think... His distribution has improved, improved since the first couple of games he played and uh, he took a couple of good catches. Just like I said, I, th- I think he needs a couple of big saves to give him confidence and a lot of it will be a confidence thing. OK, so I suppose so. And, and for me, just quickly, positives and negatives, I think, you know, the goals is a positive. You talked about that, you know, and I think that, listen, the fact we're scoring goals and all the away fans keep saying to us, look, playing like that, the fact that you cause us problems and if you do that all season, even the defensive side, fair enough, because you... Uh, seem to be different from other teams who have been coming down here and not causing problems. So you doing that, they said you'll be 
R8, as they keep saying to me as well, mm. up north, you know. The, the negatives, I think, is that we talk about Godos. Godos, you mentioned it earlier, and I'll mention that as well, because, you know, his, his performance was disappointing. But you've got the Godos-Jensen conundrum, as you call it, in midfield. We, we're not quite sure what's going on in midfield, what we should play. Jensen, you know, is it good Jensen? Is it bad Jensen? You know, we've had a sort of not-so-great Jensen at times, and like, you always put him on the pitch to hopefully that's to see whether or not you can have a bit of creativity, you know. But then if it's a game where you're going to be backed up against the wall, then Jensen isn't necessarily the player that you're going to have because he's like, he's not getting himself stuck in as you expect him to. But, you know, Thomas Frank seems to accept that because he's probably got no other option. So I think that is a bit of a, a conundrum that we've got. And you sort of put your question mark saying, are they waiting to see if Jensen, they know what he can do and he's going to get better. He's going to get better at some stage. They're going to make him grow into it because as Brentford like to do, they'd rather players grow into it rather than bin them. And unless they're somebody like, you know, <laughs> like um, Joel or something like that, where they'll bin them quite quickly, you know, but they obviously believe in him. So they're sticking with him and also Godos because they believe that at some stage they'll do that, which I've got a little bit respectful, but it's frustrating as a fan because we don't see what happens on the the on, on, on the training room. So that's the, that's the, that, the conundrum there. And also the, the ups and the downs because the fans very very happy which we all are at one stage thought we were brilliant and then now you know we're going oh my god we're going to get relegated I mean I had a message today from a fan basically saying look I, you know, I can't see it we're going to you know I could see us being relegated and I'm just thinking well we're, we're, you know it's fine margins you know you change a couple of things in that defence and all of a sudden we become defensively stronger again you know and then all of a sudden and scoring like we're doing or creating the chances you know we become a good side again so I think you've I think as fans, we've got to be a little bit patient and then just, just see it out and also just enjoy the ride. So that's for me, just quickly. But we need to move on because we're, we had a good old chat today as well. Listen, the away day, the fans, the away day, the day out. I'm going to come to you first, Laney. I thought it was brilliant. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I wish I'd gone for two nights now. Um, uh, I, yeah, I thought, I thought the Saturday, very early start. Uh, Dan went up with Dan Sue. He drove... Um, checked into a rather plush hotel um, and met in the fourth and had a thoroughly brilliant time with the Scottish bees. Uh, Lovely to see them. And then uh, Matt's come over from Sweden with his wife. So we had the Swedish bees in the house. Um, It was was a really, really good pre-match in there nice and early. and uh, I just thought the, the stadium was colossal. The, the atmosphere in there before and then and, and the build-up and the noise was great. Um, the game itself was incredible and the beers afterwards were good too. So all in all, and we got a point, winning would have been better, but a great, great away day. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, 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 10? Uh, nine. Nine out of 10. Ali? Uh, I can't really comment too much because I couldn't get in the pub um, mm. <laughs> on that side of it. And like I said, I had to come up and back in a, in a day. So it was, it's quite it was quite short. But um, to comment on that, I mean, the ground is, despite the fact that you're up in the Alps and suffering for vertigo, it is a, it's a great ground. Um, it is a great view when you get out there. The atmosphere was fantastic. The atmosphere from the Newcastle fans, I thought they, they were really up for it. I thought we were really up for it. We made a lot of noise. We had a we had a lot of fun, you know. We were, everybody was jumping all over each other, and you know it was it it was great to get a result. Um, the win would have made it perfect, um, but yeah, I, I had a thoroughly good time despite spending eight hours of one day on a train. And not much out of ten. Uh, I, I'm just going to go for seven because I couldn't really judge on the pubs. Couldn't get in the pub. Okay, seven out of ten. And for me, uh, I had a brilliant time, as you can say. Forget about the. I've, I've already marked out my stinker as well. So by the time I got off the train, went back to the hotel, stayed on Keyside on the other side of Keyside and Yit said as well. But just by the Millennium Bridge as well. I was there with my wife. I was there with my daughter, who obviously goes with me all the time. My daughter does, and I went with my son, who used to go to me when he was three years old. But he stopped going a few years ago. We all went out as a family, and you know, Friday night we went out, pizza punks, you know, which they loved. Great, great vibe as well. Then you know, Saturday morning we got up, we did a little tour, did the whole walking tour. I put one little one to together across the millennium bridge the baltic center you know went up to the castle which i've never been to before been to newcastle about sort of i don't know five about eight nine ten times i think never been to newcastle castle like you know so did all the castle did the cathedral you know did honestly just did the whole tour and everything like that which is really good lovely day 
day as well. Beautiful blue sunny day. And I met loads of bees as well by the quayside as well who came up and said hello. So thank you for coming up and saying hello and give us props for the podcast as well. That was lovely meeting you all the bees there as well. And then after that, went to the fourth great away uh, drink before the beforehand in the fourth, which was recommended, like I said, by the Newcastle fans. Checked to Newcastle fans. We had Phil's Charles's brother there, Michael, who drank with us before the game as well. Like I said, the Scottish, the Swedish, all the characters, loads of bees fans in there as well. That was brilliant as well. The game, the stadium, brilliant atmosphere brilliant the bees fans brilliant you know um my daughter's barometer because she's been saying to me what's the best what's the best away what's the best day she's always asking me is it preston you keep talking about middlesbrough you know you keep talking about all these other places and i said to her look newcastle is one so she said as soon as you put that in the diary i want to go there so i decided to take her then my wife decided to come and they all came away and they said to me tell you something this place is brilliant, isn't it? You know, so uh, unfortunately for me, I would say that actually not unfortunate, but it looks like it's going to be an expensive away day every year now for Newcastle because they're always going to want to come, which is all good. But yeah, had a few other days, went to Tynemouth, you know, went to the castle down there, went by the sea down there, went to the Wyland Brewery and something down the Wyland Brewery, even went to see, buddy, went to the cinema. Honestly, I had a fantastic few days away. So I'm, I can't give it any less than 10 out of 10. I would have given it 9.5 because we didn't get the win, but no, I, I had a great time as it was. We didn't lose. And uh, the Geordies have been really fantastic, really good hosts, really lovely people. And uh, and that's the, that's the away days that I like. And also, for people who haven't been there, it's a place which has got so many pubs and it's like having a, a ground right in the middle of Oxford Street. Like, that's what it is. And then you come out and mm. there's about a million pubs, million restaurants, million shops, million places to go. You've got the river. You've, got, you've just got everything there, which literally within 10 minutes walk of the stadium. It, it truly is a, a, an away day from heaven for anyone who loves their football. Like, you know what I'm saying? Which is all good. So I can't I can't talk about it enough. So, but listen, we've got to move on greatly because we want to know how fair this result was. Quickly, Laney, give us your fairness on this result. Very fair, I'd say. I think both both sets of um, supporters, um, they they both have a, a you know a, a valid argument to think their team could have won it. Um, but I think I think three all was 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 really good. Both teams created a lot of chances. Um, could have been more. And yeah, very fair. So if you're going to give me a, if I'm going to give you a percentage, yeah. I'll say kind of 92, 92% fair. 92. Okay, you, you dropped it down a bit from 95 and we chatted a bit earlier. Okay, well, 95. 90, if I said 95 earlier, I'll stick to 95. Uh, Ali? Uh, I, I completely agree. I think it was a very fair result. I think uh, uh, neither team could be unduly disappointed with the fact that it, it, they got a draw. Um, and I would even go higher than Laney. I'd say 98% fair result. 98%. And, then, and I've got a little bit um, lower than that. I've gone on the 80% tip just because I what? think that... Yeah, just no, just because, listen, listen. Just because you've seen the answer. No, I've not. Again, yeah. I don't do that yeah. as well. No, I've gone, <laughs> I've gone below that. And the reason why I went below that is because, to be honest, if you're looking uh, beforehand, is that they did create uh, a number of decent chances. You, 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 we took all our chances as well, you know, and this is where the fairness comes in. We took our chances so very, very good, whereas they didn't take all their chances. So I think, if anything, the Newcastle fans will feel gutted, even though we did go ahead twice. So I think from us, because we went ahead twice and then we went behind, we think, OK, that's fair enough. But they created some number of uh, a lot of better chances than us and actually look at the xg they got 2.63 to our 1.19 so i think there's an argument to think that they think you know if they could have beaten us 3-1 they should have done but they didn't because they didn't take their chances and looking at the actual fairness and uh it was actually 74 percent actually which is a very besotted number as well so uh 74 was it was was the fairness on that so i think they're thinking it was a little bit mm, newcastle probably a little bit gutted they didn't get the result and that's why i think a lot of the newcastle fans were probably a little bit gutted that the result didn't quite go their way. So quickly, just quickly, let's do a, re- a league recap. You know, where we are in the league at the moment now. Um, and like I said to you, I've literally just come off the train here. So I'm trying to, I'm just pulling this up together very quickly. 14. Redford and 14th place, 14. played 12 games uh, with 13 points. We're uh, just above Aston Villa, 13 points as well. Just above Watford in 16th place as well, 13 points. Leeds United in the 17th place with 11 points. And then 18th in Burnley with nine points in the first relegation spot as well and Newcastle still bottom with six points so you know but just above us Southampton and 14 points Leicester and 15 points Everton and 15 points and we're playing Everton next week so it's quite interesting looking at that as well you know um, what I'd 
I'd say to you is that looking at, you know, from an XG level, 19 is our uh, expected goals for and 16.7 against. So looking at the teams below us, we're actually creating much more chances than the teams below us. It's the teams and even the teams above us, Southampton, Leicester, even Everton, Crystal Palace, you know, Brighton. We're about the fourth or fifth best team in creating chances. Where it's a bit worrying at the moment for us now is our expected goals against, where we're actually basic teams are creating quite a lot of chances against us at the moment now. And this is something that we need to stave off. And that's what I'm saying. If we can sort the defence out, you know, which obviously we know it's temporary at the moment now, but Asia coming back, you know, if we're going to buy a player in January, this can actually change things up for us. Quickly, um, Laney, a match for you, which you think affected things or you just had your eye open on that one? Uh, the Norwich guy, I mean, obviously I thought, I had one eye on Dean Smith's first game at, at Norwich City. Obviously they've beaten us last time out. And they made made it two wins on the bounce, which you know it's exactly what they needed in, at Carrow Road, um, and really that we didn't. And not not many of the results that, of those teams around us, the teams that we want to to lose all the time, um, they they all got points. Watford Watford won, um, Burnley got a three all draw, and uh, luckily Leeds Leeds didn't win. But uh, yeah, it's the, the results around us. Weren't, weren't weren't great with us. We need a win next week. Ali, yeah, I agree. The results around us weren't great, and um, teams below us all seem to be winning. Um, I think, uh, apart from the obvious one, which is Watford Man United, um, the one that I uh, that I no, I noticed I watched was the um, Spurs Leeds game. Leeds, Spurs having not had a shot on target for about six billion match six billion minutes, and still didn't have one in the first half. And then came out and turned it around and won, managed to score two goals and, and win 2-1. Uh, I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing for us with the Spurs coming up in a, in a week or so. Um, but yeah, Leeds losing is probably a slightly better result for us. But yeah, I agree. The next two matches, Everton and Leeds, are, are pretty big games now. Yeah, like, yeah. Three matches, actually. Yeah. And just looking for us, I mean, it's funny because, we, you know, we were looking up before, but now we're looking down again and we're looking at the teams below us. And Watford beating Man United, I think, is obviously the eye-opener that's got rid of, because there's two reasons. Obviously, Watford getting three points, which means that they're creeping up on us. But also, Man United in there as well, who uh, obviously, <laughs> their manager got sacked, Ollie's got sacked. And we're playing them in a few weeks' time. So it's, uh, it's one of those ones where we're going to be up against a new manager yet again. And they're going to give us the boost like they obviously did to Newcastle. If you listen to the post-match podcast, Pride of West. London, listen to the Newcastle fans on there there's loads of them on there it's really worth listening to it's a really good podcast and they say to me basically we are a different team now than we were two or three weeks ago so I'm worried about that about Man United but interesting but listen just give us quickly a summing up Laney uh, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to those uh, Newcastle United fans in the post-match I thought that, uh, I thought they were a very intelligent very honest and very rounded uh, set of supporters um, uh, the rounding up is I, I, I had a great day out. I'm glad we got a point. It's a bit, it's a bigger point than just the one. We have to follow it up now with a win against Everton, and, and that's not going to be easy. But they're not in great form. We have to carry on creating those chances, and we'll be all right. It's going to be, it's going to be nervy, but you know the the xG, people knock it. But that is the barometer. That shows that we are, despite having a wobbly back at the moment, we've got a rock solid front. And it's, I thought Brian and Bumo was, was great as well on mm. Saturday. So it, the, there are signs of concern, but there's also signs of reassurance. We have to follow it up, though, on Sunday with, with a positive result against Everton. Ellie? Uh, yeah, I, I think it was, again, Sorry to repeat it, but it is the obvious thing. It was a really important point. Um, I think uh, confidence-wise, it was an important point. It was great to score three goals. I really do think that Tony getting that goal was was huge. I think he, he'll probably now go on a run. Every striker who goes on a, a barren spell will deny that it gets in their head, but we all know it does to some extent. Um, so I think he, he might go on a run as quick. And if we can just sort out sort out our defence, be a bit more, bit more solid at the back, I, I, I think we'll be all right. You know, we've got players starting to come back now. It's good to see Shandon coming back. Hopefully, Aya's going to be back soon. Um, in the, you know, if we could get through Christmas, there's the hope that, that Josh is going to be back as well. So, you know, if we can just hang in there, be a little bit more solid at the back, keep, keep creating the chances, bang in a few of them, win a couple of matches between now and Christmas, I, I think we'll be all right. 
And for me, it's the fact we've stopped the rot, which is good. We've stopped the rot as well. We're still scoring goals. You know, we've shown that we can score goals. Okay, the defence is what it is. But this, for me, is the summing up as where is that. And we've still got time to, to sort it out. We've also got time in January as well to sort it out. So for me, I'm a little bit less, less nervous than others as well. The other, the interesting thing is, though, you know, from a statistical point of view, like I said to you, check out the Pride of West London podcast Thursday. We'll look Will, the spreadsheet winker, will be giving us all sorts of stats. But looking at 538 as it is, and at the moment now, they've got us predicted you know because they do the whole formula prediction thing now in 15th place finishing in 15th place at the end of the season with 44 points okay which is down probably about two or three places on about a month ago so we're sort of slipping down we've got Leeds United below us on 42 points Watford below that on 38 points and Burnley Newcastle Norwich in the bottom three points and Burnley on 38 points us on 44 so it's getting a little bit tight you know on that front so you know they got us on 18% I think it is uh 16% chance of a relegation at the moment now with at the moment now Burnley on 35% Newcastle on 62% and Norwich on 75% so you could see kind of where their predictions is but all I'm saying is that we're sort of slipping the wrong way and I would like to for my summary to say I would like to see us slipping back up again like you know what I'm saying so fingers up and hopefully in the next few weeks we can actually see us slip right right up in the league there as well so listen this has been great to get this off my chest. This is the besotted pride of West London. We can review, brought to you by Anything Is Possible, our friends from the South Coast or wicked little agency. You should definitely check them out, AIPmedia.com. Anyway, like I said, you don't forget to subscribe to us on all good podcast channels. And don't forget also to support to us because besotted.com forward slash beer. Like, you know, so if you like what we're doing and like I said to you, all the people have come up to us and said they love what we're doing um, and they've just shaken a hand and the people that have never met before. It's been so wonderful just meeting people, just coming to, up to you out of the blue and just saying, listen, we listen to the podcast and we just think it's really great and just just keep doing what you're doing and thanks for just listening because like I said, we don't know you guys are there because we're just in front of our microphones chatting away to each other. So thank you for that as well. And also, yeah, like I said to you, um, don't forget to listen. Thursday's podcast will be there for the Everton match as well. We're going to have an Everton fan on there as we do every time so check that out pride of west.london but like i said to you my name is billy grant and i've had a great weekend so i'm feeling very very happy and i've got laney in the house good night and we've got ali in the house oh well <laughs> and like i said i'm billy grant anything is possible as i say and if anything is possible we might actually get some three points against everton on saturday as Yay! we say yeah, I'm on sunday you. I'm on The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.